Yeah, who cares? We're not we're not actually doing the show yet, right? Are we? Wrong. You're listening to Time to Lean and Here's a Song, episode 308. Episode 38, excuse me, with special guest Rob K. Okay. Is Rob. Oh, there he is. I don't, how would that, would he poke him? <laughs> <laughs> what is this, MySpace? Or... <laughs> well, Facebook used mm. to have a poke. That's right, they did, didn't they? That was a Facebook early days. I, actually, it may still be there for all I know, but it's buried. Well, this will need some edits. <laughs> 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 we'll just, just upload an episode that's just wind sound <laughs> just, just to mess with people it might be we might get more listens that would be funny. <laughs> that's the best one you ever did I love the wind one <laughs> it's minimalism right yeah. this would be called wind and the song could be wind with music yeah. One of those environmental uh, sort of ambient songs. Maybe a couple loons in the background. There you go. Rob! <laughs> Just yell loud enough. He'll hear you all the way in Baltimore. Baltimore. Old Voldemort. That shithole city. <laughs> yeah. Trump was right. That's a bunch of full of rats. That's a terrible sentence. Full of a bunch of rats. Maybe that makes more sense. Chalk full of rats. Oh. New coffee. I I don't remember what the president said exactly. It's uh, it's rat infested. Wasn't that the comment? Oh yeah. Oh. I think that was it. I don't know. Our fearless leader. Fearless leader. Do you remember a fearless leader from Bullwinkle? Oh, he no. was, uh, you know, he was that Nazi-looking guy who was Boris Badenov's yeah. boss. Oh, I, I, I think so. It, it, it's mm-hmm. my synapses are trying to fire over that one. But of course, fearless leader. That Most was his sense, name. Yeah, they they called him fearless leader. I don't think he had another. Yeah, if you Google him, you'll probably probably see him. Well, plenty of time for googling while we wait for Rob. There'll be plenty of time googling when you're waiting there for Rob. Sounds like a sounds like a Gordon Lightfoot song. Plenty of time for googling when you're waiting there for Rob. Creeping around my back, something or other. Plenty of time for googling on your telecommuting job. I don't want to tell you, but I think Rob is a slob. He's probably doing his online learning in. Jogging pants. Hey, yeah, I'm wearing jogging pants. I say I am too. Yeah, sweat, sweatpants. They're not holy, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't use them for jogging or sweating. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I have to wash them a lot while I'm working at home. <laughs> Every five minutes. I actually bought a pair at Walmart. I don't think they went... I think they call them leisure pants, but I'm not sure. Yes. Because I don't think most people that wear these things, let's be honest, they're not exercising. <laughs> Add to call. Well, he's, this? He, it doesn't say that is he's it, signed in. Wait, is it? Okay, I'm going to add him. 
Oh, is he? He's not green, though. Hold on. No, it was now. I'm calling him. I don't really know what I'm doing. You're supposed to have set up the call, John. Hey. Hey. I, I swear your little your little thing didn't turn green, so I didn't know you were there. Oh, oh poor it, Rob. It turns green quite often. <laughs> That's what she said. That, that doesn't make any sense. I think if it's green, you probably need to call your virtual doctor and have them look at it. It's not the same thing as having a gloved hand really, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Well, we'll have to get these online virtual prostate exams pretty soon. <laughs> Absolutely. I think everybody will have a little robot in their house. No, there'll, there'll be this little uh, hand you plug into your USB port. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that you know, do, do you let Doc, Dr. Schlong take control of your computer? <laughs> <laughs> or, or Dr. Dong. <laughs> Remember Dr. Dong? Dr. Dong. Yep. Remember Dr. Dong. Do you give no. Dr. Dong permission to take control of <laughs> your US, USB prostate Dong tool? <laughs> what is Dr. Dong? He was a doctor in Rapid City when we were children. Oh, all right. <laughs> not making this up. <laughs> he, was, he was not a proctologist, however. No, he was worse. <laughs> apparently there's no such thing as a proctologist anyway paging dr dong we we can we can write a song about dr dong too everybody paging dr kong dr. don't ding you mess dong. with dr dong ding dong somebody answered that bell i'm not used to seeing people i'm talking to on the podcast so you better turn your camera off okay <laughs> yeah Stomp. God, this sucks. Hey, what am I drinking? Oh, I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> um, I'm drinking a strawberry sorbet. That was one of the first parody songs I ever wrote. Is that right? How uh, old were you? To Raspberry Beret. No, it wasn't the first one what? I ever that... wrote. Wow, I can't believe that. No, strawberry sorbet. Yeah. No, um... I. that wasn't the first one I wrote, probably, but... You got a new mic, huh? You had to get that for the online learning, or what are you calling it there? Um, Rob's a professor, for those of you who don't know. We call it distance learning. Right. And unfortunately, oh, I... this is a Facebook-related thing, which sucks, but um, somebody I, I know made a comment about leaving, ma- making a, a little... T- telling a delivery person to basically ring the doorbell and run away <laughs> and used a different term for it. I forget what it was. It didn't matter. And said, I wonder if this young person would understand what that means. And and I had to, I, I, the only thing I could think of was that when I was growing up, it was called something different and something I cannot repeat here. Oh no. You know they, what I'm talking about? Did, oh yeah. It's horrible. They, did, they didn't say that. Did, did they? No, no, no. They did not say anything. It was not an offensive thing. It was a very nice, probably acceptable way to say it oh. now. Yeah. Well, well so unfortunately, I'm sure you two know what I'm talking about, though. That yeah. is, which is kind of funny considering that in Rapid City, we generally did not hear that term. I'm just going to say it. It was called. No, that I got. Wait, I think we had the auto sensor on. 
Okay. No, I remembered the phrase. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. When, when in doubt, throw it out. There you go. Okay, sure. It was called Ding Dong Ditch. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that, that's what the person used, I think. Oh, okay. That's the other and term. That's the other term, but the, the, the term we do not use anymore for good reason is something else. Yeah. yeah. Where did it come from, even? <laughs> I mean, I, mean, it, I don't think it came from Rapid City, I'll tell you that. <laughs> is it based on anything that ever happened? It's something you include the, the the offensive slur as a way of indicating that it's silly. So, for example, the fire drill, right? Remember that? Yeah. It used to be well, there's something. There used to be something called a that was not the bell. fire drill. What's it? What's it rhyme with? Well, that, that yeah, I know what you're talking about, Rob. There was an, eth- an ethnicity that was associated with it. Uh, Jewish. Yeah, Asian? it was Asian. Asian and, fire and, drill. Asian fire drill. And it was... <laughs> That's oh, not what it was. Which meant but, everybody yeah. gets out of the car. Yeah. And gets back in randomly. And okay. it's... But it's offensive. And that one, I so, think, held on a lot longer than the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... You There's know, several of those kinds of things. So making fun of Asians was was sort of the last acceptable form of, you know, racial humor. Like it was, you know, it was still, it hung on, like I said, I, you know, it hung on longer than other kinds. And, and for whatever making, reason. It's making a comeback. Eh, I hope not. So what are you drinking? <laughs> okay, good. Thanks, Rob. You saved us. <laughs> I'm drinking an Asian. You're drinking a. Carp? Asian carp? <laughs> Phil, what is your hang-up with Asian carp? You've mentioned it at least three times. We it's destroying have... our ecosystem. We have to start eating them. And they're bony. We're not eating the carps. And you have a smoker. You should be able to get some Asian carp and smoke it. There's probably some in my backyard. <laughs> Flapping around. No, you're you're the one who has the uh, irrigation oh, ditch or whatever, right? I have like a... A little bit of a wetland area, almost, but I don't get a tax credit for it. Well, be careful. They're gonna. The government's gonna come in and not let you do stuff to it. But you'll get a grant, so maybe you can improve it. I don't know. You can't take my wetland away from my cold Asian hands. That's, we can't use any of this. Okay, let's start the show okay. now. I'm gonna go get a drink, and we can start oh, the show. Oh shit! Okay. We're gonna start recording right Beep. now. So, uh, first of all, John, on the scale of Stone Cold Sober to Orson Welles, <laughs> we'll sell no wine before it's time. Wow. Where are you? Is that a, like a 10-point scale? I don't know. Everything is on, everything, everything is on a spectrum. Gender, um, sexuality. I'm only on like a two or three. Okay. Because I, I, I had a, a scotch an hour ago while I was... Being depressed watching uh, the president's rally conference. Oh, don't watch those. Um, yeah, don't watch them. And then I'm halfway through my current drink. Okay. So I'll have to get another one before we, you know, get too much further. No, I probably. How, how about you? I, I, I mean, you're locked down. We're locked down uh, with two young children. So I'm. Oh, I'm on my second. Uh, whiskey, 
I had some um, Sagamore Rye oh, from yes. Maryland. That's good. And now I'm drinking. It's really good, yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about rye later. We'll talk about rye in hour two of this episode. And um, in an hour also, three, we'll talk about doorbell hijinks. <laughs> rye, sir. Rye, sir. <laughs> and now I'm drinking a filibuster bourbon. Oh, yeah. Good. Neat. I, I am drink, also Neat. drinking a rye of sorts. Um, I made an old-fashioned with some bullet rye Ooh. and a, just a splash of orancello. Ooh, go on. That uh, we got at the 45th Parallel Distillery that is now making hand sanitizer. Ooh, yes, and? Clever people. And just that on ice. It's really good. <laughs> it's one, It's just a little bit sweet. And you you could probably slam a lot of them, I'm guessing. Hand sanitizer on ice. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It cleans you from With the inside a- aloe out. Aloe vera essence. Mm. No, that sounds yeah. really delicious, John. It is The delicious. aloe vera helps it go down smooth. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed because I don't know where to find this stuff except at the distillery. Orange cello, like lemon cello. Right. Uh, but it's better. Oh no, it's really good. And I never see it at the the stores. Yep. Mm-hmm. Phil, what do you, what do you have tonight? What have I been having? Well, what do you drink? Uh, you said earlier you did a, a round of G and T's as a warm up. Well, I wouldn't say a round. Uh, so I had a I had a, a square. Yeah, I, I had a G and T because it was sunny out. What the heck? I'm going to have a gin and tonic, and then I had a Manhattan, and then I had half a Manhattan. Then I had a Baltimore. And then, and then I'm thinking of having another. I yeah, so I I'm on the spectrum. I'm I'm getting close to Orson Welles, <laughs> and I think uh, I think uh, I am not flattening my curves. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So there. No. What, wait. What do you? Uh, what What's in your Manhattan though? Oh. Oh yeah. Good question. People want to know. <laughs> Rob is like this. I, <laughs> Online facilitator guy. <laughs> no, no, Phil, please so, tell us. I'm super annoying as a, as a guest, I realize, because I no. But go ahead. No, no. Oh, I, tell us what's in your Manhattan. I'm, la- I'm laughing. Well, right now I, it's I just really ice. Like <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm having fun. That's fine. Um, okay, so I had rye something. What did I have? Joe Jim Beam rye. Okay. But I put a little uh, of the uh, Evan Williams in there, bonded to round it out a little bit or sharpen mm. it up. And then I made a Manhattan out of that. Because I'm trying to stretch the, the rye a little bit more. That, that's the bogus prohibition style stuff that they, they put out. What makes you call it? Bogus. Um, there's really no. I think it's a marketing thing. A lot of these companies put on with no real backup of facts that mm. there's any evidence that it's based on some magical pre-prohibition oh. formula. I got gotcha. you. That's that. That's what I am led to understand from <clears throat> all the reading I do on the internet. I'm I'm guessing the first person that came out with that a company, I guess. Well, companies are people now too, but but they uh, they probably did that and it did well, so the other ones jumped on it. And said, oh yeah, we got a pretty. Um, I think the pioneer of that kind of marketing bullshit is probably Templeton. 
Yeah. They, you know, they, and they got in trouble, of course, by Multi. leading people to believe that their, their rye was distilled in Indiana, not sorry, in Iowa, where Templeton is supposedly based, even though they bought it in bulk from a Indiana distillery. And I notice now, if you see the bottles, they, they clearly say, uh, distilled in Indiana. <laughs> Well, but I could see a lot of people out there that wanted uh, like a really good Iowa uh, uh, whiskey blend would be very disappointed to learn that it actually came from Indiana. Well, I think it was just this, this you know, silly story they came up with with a couple of blurry black and white dudes with, with you know, barrels of rye and like, oh. like it was this old Ken Burns style, you know, photograph and... <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 that's why I say it's bullshit. And, and Scotch companies do this all the time too. With their um, Ralphie calls it flannel <laughs> when, when, when there's all these little little anecdotes and stuff on the on, outside of the Scotch bottles that tell of these magical waters and all that stuff. <laughs> no, it's no purple death though. Uh, n- nobody out does oh. purple death. <laughs> so rye was invented in Maryland. And I didn't realize this, um, that Maryland used to blurb. I'm not. No, I'm not. It used to be the the epicenter of rye production uh, during Prohibition. It was was the place where rye came from. And then Maryland lost its status, I think, uh, after that. But it went off into the hills, into the Appalachians. It was a true loss. They're bringing yeah. it back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The rye is huge. They're, yeah. Locally, they're they're making a, a good effort. Well, I'd like to try it. If you're listening, Maryland, send uh, time to lean some rye. There, there. Hooray! There. Hooray! Hooray for Hooray. rye! Hooray for rye! Hooray for rye! So, how so, are you all doing during our? Challenge. You know, last time we recorded, <laughs> we're, we're blown is this, away. Is um, this the first post-pandemic episode? No, I, I can't the remember. most recent oh. one, which has not been released yet, um, we talk about that as well. It was more toward the beginning of the stay-at-home phase. Well, we kind of talked about it on the one before it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we were. Uh, it was just getting started. Apocalypse <laughs> When was the hit single from that one. Right, right. That's almost prescient. I wrote that song uh, three months, four months ago, actually. That was the episode of Sean on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my first week of all all home homework, (laughs) and I don't know. I'm sure I'm not getting that much done, but we'll see. Well, don't say that. (laughs) I think last time I cut that out. I'm being very productive. As, as if my employer is listening to this. You never oh, know. They're all listening. If only they were. Yeah, I'd almost trade that <laughs> for some audience. Well, I'm sorry. I need to. I need to be right back. Hold on. Okay. Oh, first break. <clears throat> well, you could talk amongst yourself, but I don't want to miss anything. We'll talk about Phil. He won't miss it. Yeah, it's weird. Like, do you find time to do things? At this point, I, maybe you don't. I'm not sure because <laughs> you've got a lot on your plate. Well, it is it is different being with your kids all day, and um, in in a way, it's great because you have 
you have this time that you didn't have before, but it also means you can't, it's hard to be productive. Um, so, you know, there, there are trade-offs, but you, I mean, there are a lot of things that I think it's really nice to not have to leave the house, you know? I, we, we've, um, we've been cooking a lot more, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I, I notice mainly that I have to run the dishwasher a lot more than I usually do. <laughs> And yeah, that, that's, and that's a nice thing. I, you know, that, that I like that. Um, we're, we're blitzing our way through parks and recreation, uh-huh. which has been really, really fun. I will be sorry to be finished with that show. Yeah. There are shows that, or, or like a series of, uh, of novels or something where you, you love it so much that you're, you want to pace yourself because you, you know yes. that you're going to be sad when it's over. I, it's I've so kind of rare, been but... in that mode with the Expanse season four, which I'm like halfway through, mm-hmm. and I've kind of been rationing them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, rationing is a good word. Um, I'm rationing toilet paper and bananas because it's obviously any show like that takes a lot of time to put together, and I think all the shows are going to be delayed quite a bit by what's been going on. So. Um, yeah, and I, I've really been enjoying it. So, um, so basically, I think that Phil's problem is that he's oh, he's not back on. He's not back on yet. No, no, it's um, the door slamming that that's the cue. Okay. okay, but yeah, so I think yeah, the, a lot of these shows are going to be delayed if they're they're still in their prime. Yeah, yeah. It's weird though, like, um, so I, I went, I went through not too long ago and, and scanned a whole bunch of photographs that my, my late aunt Faith had, had collected and somehow deposited at my parents' house and finally got those all uploaded and I- I'm guessing Faith left him on your doorstop and just rang the doorbell and ran the hell away. Yes, she was notorious. That was her style. Yeah. Faith. Faith Ding dong ditch. Yep. And most of these pictures I had not seen before, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. And some of them were people I don't know or remember, but a number of them were very familiar. And it's, it's an interesting thing to go back and look at that stuff and I posted it on our little family reunion Facebook page for people to see and it's been fun that people were like going oh my god I've never seen that picture before or things like that mm. and the thing that I will call out about Faith the, besides the fact that she kept all this stuff was the fact that I'd say 90% of these pictures she wrote details on the backs of them yeah, like dates and who they were Smart. often where they were and I mean, so much detail that I had to keep a little extra document mm. that, you know, cool. you, it, you couldn't really describe them in the file name of the picture. And so I really, really appreciated that because there are so many of them. You like, you just, you can sort of guess, okay, that looks like the seventies or the sixties or whatever. And I think I remember what that old relative looks like, but I'm not sure. But most of them, she actually wrote it down. Well. Yeah. My grandpa used to always say, always write, he was showing me pictures from, uh, mm. my grandpa Phil was showing me pictures from the old days, and he said, I don't know who this is, probably a cousin or something. 
always write down the names of the people on the back of the picture because you you're going to forget. Yep. And mm-hmm. you do forget or or that they pass on to another part of your family that doesn't have the the, the memory or another dimension. And and l- luckily there are a few that she didn't write anything on or that even she didn't remember at the time she was going through them that there were some people out there in the family that oh, that were able to identify them. Which is nice. Oh. But, um, yeah, it, it's kind of an interesting mindset to be in during something like this. Well, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, our, our Aunt Faith, or Aunt Faith, as we would say, <clears throat> who's our our dad's sister. And they she grew up during the Depression, along you know, as her, our father did. And I've been thinking a lot about the Depression generation. And, you know, not only did they grow up in the Depression, but they... They went through the polio epidemic, yes. and you know our dad uh, came down with polio and was paralyzed. Um, you know, had some muscles in his chest and arm paralyzed. He was just thinking about that, um, the things that they went through, you know, um, and how they learned to save things and reuse things. And uh, I was talking to our mother about this, and she said that. What Faith used to say, it would start something would start out as a bedsheet, and then once it was too worn to be a bedsheet, it'd be a, a tablecloth, and then after that, it would be something else. Uh, a I, handkerchief. Know. Yeah, handkerchief probably, and then you—that's remarkable. Yeah. Eventually, you'd make all the scraps. You'd you'd you know sew to back together into a a sheet again or something like that. Anyway, it was the hardship that they went through and just the, the, what it must've been like to live in during a polio epidemic, you know, it's kind of, it's an interesting comparison though, isn't it? It's not the same, but it, it, I think you could draw some parallels. No. And I think the big difference is that polio, you know, didn't discriminate. I, I mean, it, you know, it, it hit kids and adults equally, and so it was, you know, it was very hard to have that that disease that's, you know, disabling and killing kids. And unfortunately, you know, COVID nineteen is not an illness that that affects most children, uh, at least so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Phil, I'm getting. We're talking about COVID. <laughs> uh, I meant to be oh. just talking about the depression and <laughs> the way, the way that, and polio and polio. That's all and I now I'm depressed. <laughs> now we're all depressed. Hey, no, oh, I, I don't think there's any way to avoid it. I mean, we, it's, it's, it's kind of a lot of what we're all thinking about now. Now I, I'm not, I'm not watching the news that much, but so Rob, the interesting thing, this is all that's right on, but our, our father didn't really have those tendencies that his sister Faith did. Well, that's because he got a younger wife. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, you know, no, um, he, he didn't, he was not like that. And, um, like, like I was talking to our mom about all the hoarding of groceries and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. about how, oh, we can't find toilet paper and blah, blah, blah. And, and we were talking about how it's like when there's a big blizzard, coming and everybody goes to the store and stocks up on stuff they think they might want to eat and then of course they come they they think of something during the blizzard that they would have rather had but that's the way it goes but 
she, my mom would do this, would go to the store. Like I, I need to buy some stuff in case I want this. And she, she told me, you know, your, your, your father never, he thought that was dumb. And <laughs> just didn't care. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't care. <laughs> he didn't keep large. He, he, all the, a lot of the stuff that faith did and all the, the, the thriftiness and, you know, making your own food and gardening mm-hmm. and the canning, canning and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. It's very, actually very stereotypical depression era folk do sure, that. My stuff. grandparents were like that. Too. Yes. My, a whole, my, yeah, my, the my generation was pretty known for that, but my dad never had seemed to have those tendencies, at least not during the years we knew him. And I wonder if he, his being a little younger um, and kind of, you know, he he was talking about how he he went up to the Boundary Waters with his friends. You know, on this trip when he was in high school, they just took off, went to the Boundary Waters. They came back, and his family had moved into a different house, and That's so right. he had to go walk around the town. <laughs> well, to he find his gone. family. <laughs> well, he was gone. He just moved because <laughs> they were moving that. all the time because it was the depression. Yeah, and um, maybe he was he was so used to kind of living off the fat of the land that he just sort of you know. I, I'll have to, I'll, whatever I have, I have, you know. I, and the the other thing about him that, that apparently there was some point in his life where he had to live off of a can of a, like government provided peanut butter during, during yeah. those times. And later in life, he, ref, he hated peanut butter. He wouldn't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> he just never, never would. And because it's like, nope. That's how I lived on for that period of time, and I I never want to eat this stuff again. And he seemed to reject a lot of that, th- those things that were part of his his youth. And again, it could have been that the timing and all that, or it's just his personality. I, I think I think you're onto something there. Probably, I'm not a psychologist, but the the uh, this dispelling all of that stuff. Yeah, but different people have different ways of reacting to these things. And I, maybe we are in one of those things now. I don't know. Some people say we are. I don't know. Hmm. Some some Remains kind of thing seen, that's right? going to change us forever. Well, we'll get back to consumerism pretty soon, I'm guessing. But well, the consumerism, as far as buying a lot of canned goods and toilet paper, I guess we're still buying stuff. But yeah, I actually found toilet paper this past weekend. Oh, I think it'll. Yeah, I did too. So well, I think so I, to, we yeah. we I, hit Costco on Saturday, it. and they they had it. Mm. I, although I noticed every single person in the store had a package of it, mm-hmm. but they still yeah. they had not run out yet. So I, I got some more, whatever. And we had to go to, um, I think it was yesterday. We we went to Target and another grocery store, and both of them were completely out of toilet paper still. Yeah, here in West St. Paul, it's, I don't know. We were getting pretty low, so I went around to a few stores, which kind of defeats the whole state. This was before the stay-at-home thing. But uh, it kind of, or no, the shelter. No, we're not even sheltered. We're, no, we're in stay-at-home. No. We're, in, we're in stay-at-home plus. Yeah, we're, we're kind of shelter-in-place light. Yeah, You can go out to get food. Oh, Absolutely. You can still be driving around. I, I will admit I'm getting a little buggy. I don't know if you guys started talking about this already, but I'm not really a telecommuting kind of person. I uh, And my position isn't really meant for that. I'm out in the field or I'm uh, 
reacting to emails or helping people, customer service things. None of that stuff is happening now. So I'm organizing uh, folders and uh, online and and uh, revamping all the training documents and that sort of thing. And uh, but I uh, I just got to get out of the house. So I mm. walk I'm walking around a lot. And uh, I'm getting, you know, there there are good things about it. I'm I'm seeing people that at a safe distance that I I I don't know. I've never seen before. I don't know where these people are coming from. Maybe people are um, the people in your neighborhood. <laughs> maybe people are going for a walk that normally wouldn't, or I don't know. But um, but everybody's uh, pretty friendly. I um, some people were playing some music on their porch, and uh, mm. oh that. That was, uh, I said, well, you know, they were singing. It was uh, 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 John, I almost said Jonathan Winters. No, uh, John Denver. Yeah, the other guy. Mm. The other John song. And uh, uh, Country Home, that kind of song, Take Me Home. So then they were harmonizing. It was a husband and wife. And I said, well, let me know if you ever need a bass, <laughs> you know, from the street. And, oh, yeah, we need a bass. And I said, well, 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 you know, no, I, I thought you meant a string bass. <laughs> oh, or some subwoofers, yeah. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> they need, they need you, John. <clears throat> they need you to play, help them play yeah. Country Home. No, they were, talking, they were talking, they were talking about uh, car thumping bass. No, they were talking about your kind of bass. <laughs> no, that that's that's the uh, New Age church that's in my neighborhood that blasts music outside oh. while they're handing out food to people. Hmm. Well, yeah, they're handing I, out food to people. No, they they yeah they get a pass on making too much noise, <laughs> <laughs> and I and we we act like an old couple and we bitch about it. Of course, last summer they were doing some kind of a a giant party in their parking lot, and I could feel the bass in my like vibrating my windows. Wow! From two blocks away. Mm. I, I'm sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a car that would drive by every day about three thirty or four. That would, um... yeah, no, yeah, the, the the whole thing shakes. And of course, I, I I've since learned that one of the 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 co pastors, as they call them, at this church is on the stupid city council here. So, whatever. <laughs> oh, you better edit this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The city, the city is gonna come after me. So, Rob, if you, uh, so I, I have a the lady across the street I was talking to. Well, I've started to talk to neighbors that I haven't talked to in a while. Part of it's because it's spring or starting to be spring. Mm-hmm. But she's been a teacher in St. Paul for thirty years, and uh, I think she's probably wishing she could retire right now because it, she's like, I have to make seventy-two videos. And I'm like, oh God! And she's like, I don't even. I'm not even the most technically inclined part. That this that's actually mm-hmm. what her voice sounds. So like, seventy-two videos. God, are you doing all that right now? No. So, <clears throat> but I have heard about elementary age kids have some have ton of work assigned to them, and it, our son Rohan is. He's in kindergarten, so he's not really getting this. But, uh, And I've heard complaints about the amount of work the teachers are assigning. And I think part of it may be that they they feel like they need to, to show that they're, they're doing, you know, look, we're doing things, even though yeah. school's not, not 
in session we're we're still you know and so they and they need and so it becomes sort of overkill yeah. and more than is necessary but they feel like in order to show that they're so i think that's a big factor i mean in terms of the law school uh we we're just trying to get through the semester and so i'm i'm having class on zoom and that's it i mean we have discussion i go through my powerpoints and um i don't get fancy and uh, when i try to get fancy it fails every time <laughs> so <laughs> it's not working but i've seen i mean it's online i've seen other other law professors who've put together these you know amazing 80s looking videos and you wow. know i don't know where you people have the time but <laughs> it's uh, but i yeah i think it's there's there seems to be pressure on people to on on teachers to do all this work that's not necessary and not, and the kids can't handle it. You know, the kids are trying to deal no. with the disruption I, of their lives. Yeah, and their parents as well. Oh. Yeah. The, the elementary schools in our, our school district are, it is, I don't know because I have older kids now, but it sounds more like, uh, oh, what's the word? Darn it. Okay. Enrichment. Enrichment. <laughs> Thank you. It just kind of enrichment things. But now at my, uh, my eldest, April's uh, uh, high school, they're what they're doing is they're not they're not trying to do every every class every hour. They're having the first three periods are Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and the first, the the last half are Tuesday and Thursday or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they but they'll have a little bit longer um, longer classes, I guess. So I thought that was that was more interesting, I guess, a different way to look at it. The teacher across the street was envious of that. Well, so much of it is so much of school is social, is social and socialization, and you kind of it makes me realize this. You know, even high school. I mean, I realize that you can't. You need to be able to write a an essay or a paper or whatever, and learn yeah. learn fundamental things. But but still, a lot of it is just about figuring out how to be a person. You know, and sure, you're learning you a lot are. of things that aren't in classes. Yeah, and I think yeah. a lot of, a lot of teachers have been thrown into this very suddenly and without yeah. enough preparation by necessity. I'm not blaming anybody for that, but uh yeah, it, it it's very very tough. Phil, when is um what what grade is April in now? Um did I tell you that my uh, my eldest is trans? Did I ever tell you that? Well, <laughs> we haven't talked. We haven't talked about it, but I've. No, that's okay. I've picked up on it through the. It's one of those things where I, I know more about you than I ever knew before because of the podcast. So yeah, it's like it's kind of weird. I've had all these conversations with you that. Um, so so much I, for the I introvert. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but I didn't. I haven't really mentioned that on the podcast before. But but she's a trans girl and uh, she's sixteen and. So yeah, there, there's that whole there's that whole thing on top of the high school thing, but I don't know. She seems to be do, doing well. So I'm really glad to hear it. She's, she's, she is a natural introvert. So she's, I don't think my children have been that affected that much yet. They're still so, on this extended spring break though. So school will be different starting next week. But. Do they have, do they socialize, you know, through they use zoom or, or what no, well, well, she she mostly connects to people on uh, Discord. Mm, okay, but 
but also she has a Minecraft server and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, there's all these different side things that you know, kids don't use Facebook really. So no, that, that's yeah. why I was always surprised to see that my niece Faith, who's all who's the same age, actually does post on Facebook every so often. Although I don't think she's really talking to a lot of her friends there. <laughs> no. no, I don't. I don't think that's where her her main engagement is. I have a feeling that it's elsewhere <laughs> well, they're, yeah they're yeah. all on instagram and uh yeah. and uh discord and different things but my youngest daughter is probably more on instagram i guess than, than discord but well, so on instagram you know it's mostly pictures so how, does she communicate by holding up little written signs <laughs> you know thank you for I asking think... that question john because i've always wondered i know <laughs> how, how do people actually communicate on instagram no i, I know i know you can make comments function. Like like so I I have this thing on Instagram that I I only post pictures Your of base my base stuff. on gigs. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't use it. But so what some people do, I notice because people follow that for some reason, and then I follow them back and I see their posts, and they they actually make little comments and everything. But it doesn't really seem like much of a dialogue intensive medium to me. <laughs> I think there's a chat function too, but I'm not sure because. Um, so there are a bunch of young, young gals over here one day and they were all on Instagram. They're having some kind of Instagram party Hmm. and I don't know how that works, but there must, there must be some kind of chat or something function. I guess I'll have to ask one of the kids, them young people, (laughs) but they're still, they're still socializing. It's just, uh, that was, that was one thing I, I remember talking to somebody. I was like, uh, I don't know, when I was a kid, you know, I'd go outside and walk a few blocks and hang out with kids, but it it just seemed, I guess I was maybe more concerned than I needed to be that my kids weren't, um, doing that, you know, but, but they're, they're socializing in a different way. They're, they're, they're getting, I just can't, to me, uh, but, but it's just the way I am. I just can't imagine that you get the same sort of uh, connection, even six feet away, in 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 real life that you in person, I guess, than than uh, than online. But I don't know. We've had some fun conversations on the podcast, so I don't. I, know I, I also it, think, though, it, yeah, depending on the kid, of course, the a lot of them are right now missing out on things in their schools, like their um, you know band or sports programs or other things that they do. You know, a lot of them were probably going to do plays and other things that are not going to happen now. And that's, you know, that that leaves a big hole in a lot of kids' lives, I think. Well, I'm trying to figure out my youngest daughter is uh, Adeline is in uh, orchestra in middle school. And uh, I'm wondering how that's going to work out. I mean, they've done, you know, (laughs) they can still do their tests and stuff like, okay, do the D whatever. But um and uh, and then re- make a recording of it, and the teacher can review it. But that's yeah, not the I, same I think, thing as you know, in obviously ensemble. a lot of private instruction is going on via video conferencing. But how do the all these things that rely on ensembles and things like that? They're just not going to happen until we can reconvene. Basically, I didn't. I didn't think about an orchestra class. I guess I was preoccupied. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'll have to ask one of my siblings who teach that 
stuff <laughs> on, on what they're doing and how they're compensating for not having them all in the same room. Well, I, I I've seen you can you can change your settings in Zoom a little bit to make it better for um, musicians to get together and stuff. But I can't end on a whole orchestra. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and the Zoom has really generally poor sound quality. It really does. Like it doesn't yeah. capture the instruments very well. I'm sure that's part of the trade-offs of the you know the platform, but. It's, um, you know, I, I just think they're in a lot of places there. Basically, they've written off this school year, the rest of the year, you know, and I know in Michigan, they basically canceled it and said everybody's advancing um, wow. and everybody's graduating. Yeah. So it may be what we're looking at most places at this point. But, you know, going forward, question could be, what what is it going to look like? You know, and I was talking to somebody today about what does this mean for higher ed, you know, which we're all we're all engaged yeah. in. Right. And is it going to so I can see two possibilities. One is it people realize, oh, yeah, we can do a lot of things online and we don't need we don't need all this interaction infrastructure infrastructure or early early retirement, early (laughs) retirement. (laughs) Well, as long as they keep paying me, I don't care. (laughs) As long as I get my pension, uh, (laughs) then. So that's that's one possibility. But the other is the opposite, which is. It's going to make people realize how important the face-to-face interaction really is for all for all kinds of things for learning. Well, for I kind of wonder if it's going to be both because I think I think some things will lend themselves more to online and they'll stay that way. And uh, but other things, I don't know. I you you just can't. I, I feel, and maybe I'm just being overly optimistic, but I feel like you know, as soon as we can, whatever, whenever that is. People are going to really, really want to go to a concert, you know. So, or, or uh, even, even be in a class. I mean, I think yeah. some some students would be like, ah, you know, it's going to be incredible. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be a little both. I, 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 I suspect that. So, like on my end, um, I already have been pushing or you know pushing forward uh, with tech in our classrooms to to do a lot more. Uh, distant learning capability, which in in classrooms is very complicated and expensive. And, and I think there's going to be even more of a focus on that. We may end up with fewer in-person classroom setting, you know, physical bricks and mortar stuff, but maybe it'll be at a higher technical level, which, you know, isn't a bad thing, but uh, it's... I, I think there's plenty of plenty of work to be done. I don't think people are going to completely walk away from in-person instruction and all that, but it is going to change. And with that, I need to I need a refill. So I'll be right back. All right. It just makes you wonder what things will stay the same and which will change in general. But but John's gone. Hi, Rob. Hi, Phil. I'm no, sure your I'm... students miss your classes in person. Oh, you're probably good online too, though. I don't know about that. You know, I teach national security law. Every year. <laughs> hey, that sounds fun. It is fun. I mean, it's, and every <laughs> year I do at least one class on interrogation and torture. You know, we talk about definitions of torture and uh, oh, definitely. This. So this year, it the class really felt like it was hard. I, I think 
I don't know if it, part of it has to do with we just don't want to talk about. So I, I considered whether or not to actually even cover that topic. And then I decided that we should, you know, because it's so important. Uh, but there, it just, it's hard. It's a lot harder to have that conversation when you're not in the room with somebody uh, to talk about yeah. things. These are techniques. And do you think that they are torture or not? So it's, I feel like it's, it's hard. It's it's harder in some respects to have the same experience. So I mean, it may be. The other thing is like it. You know, it shows a lot of people don't actually have good internet, reliable internet. Oh, I'm sure for elementary school teachers, they realize. Yeah. That a lot of these families don't. You know, they just get along with. You know, like in the movie Parasite. You know, like borrow, borrowing. Yeah. The, um, the toilet is six feet up or whatever. So, man, I feel like this has been a very serious episode, and I feel like it's my fault. No, oh, no, it was unavoidable. However, I, I broke out the eight-year-old. I blame John. Woman, so. In, in honor of uh, Nick Offerman. Mm. Oh, that's not his blend, though, is it? No, no, that stuff's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to pay a little extra for his blend. It's his what? It's a nine year or ten year? I can't remember. Oh, it's got a little more woodworking. Woodworking. It's got extra wood shards (laughs) in it. That show has been so funny. I I really Uh like it. Well, okay, but Rob, back to whatever with Sirius. That's fine. But what? What? Back to the what you were talking about when John was on the break. But so what? What do you think is? when you're when you're talking about these difficult subjects in person as opposed to online, I uh, I'm I'm guessing it has something to do with it's it softened a little bit perhaps if you're in person um, maybe that's not the right word but um, they can uh, they can see your um, expressions mm-hmm. and your um, your emotion and and that kind of thing. I I think the personal element in this case would be very important and that wouldn't transfer very well to online. Not that you shouldn't stop teaching it. This is still an important subject, but I I, I'm thinking that personal element does something and I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I'm guessing that it, it makes it more human or something. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that's right. And I, it's hard for me to describe too. I, I think, Empathy, maybe with I'm yeah. I'm I'm empathizing with what your point of view is, and and you express that to somebody in person, and it just you can't. It's hard to convey. You know, you don't at have. Least, at least after you uh, share something, you can say you can say, yeah, I get what you, I get. Yeah, that's I get what you're feeling. And, but yeah, okay, wow. But 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 that's cool, Rob. Yeah, Rob was never heard from again. <laughs> Did that, I, was re- that was really weird. It went bit bit. It kind bit, of glitched bit, out bit, there. Bit, it was strange. Oh, huh. What were you saying? You say I think you were going to say but. Uh, in the moment, the moment itself, yeah. you. It's hard over over the video to to show you know that that reaction that that attentiveness you know, and. It's like it, it it requires all of us to become like film actors in a way, you know, like mm-hmm. to sh- to be like, oh, how do I do a reaction shot? Well, hmm, you know, well, you uh, look a little like Tom Hanks. Well, so you could pull it off. 
Hey, did Tom Hanks I, uh, but, ever recover from the, the virus? <laughs> <laughs> I See, don't know. We get these I know. We, we haven't heard. Updates. I'm serious. I, you know, he made the news a few weeks ago, and I have not heard. They have, there hasn't been any follow-up, but I, I'm pretty sure that he did. <laughs> he, he, he sent a message saying, okay. basically, we're recovering, and we're, we're well, basically. Thank the Lord. That's good. Going out there and looking for more lost uh, gloves. That's of course. What he, that's what yeah. he does. Yeah, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> sorry, that 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 kind of drew things to a halt. <laughs> so I have an I have an I, I, unrelated question. That's nothing to do with COVID nineteen. Oh, I no, this is COVID only. Sorry. COVID you guys only. in your COVID club, or is it a COVID coven? <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, we can talk about the depression. No, no, I'm not talking Only about a fucking polio. depression. We're going to talk about polio. <laughs> yes, Ken Burns' original series, Polio. <laughs> Why doesn't he do a documentary on Olio? Olio margarine? Olio margarine. Actually, that might be an interesting documentary about how they make that stuff. <laughs> I'd watch it. What were we going to say? No, okay, had a, okay. Her question? Um, mainly because Rob is here, and I'm curious what his Hi, Rob. his opinion is Hi. on this. And it's a Star Trek-related question. Um, my dear wife has never seen the Star Trek original movies trilogy, which is 2, 3, and 4. Oh, or, okay. Or at least I don't think she has. She doesn't remember them, whatever, but I feel like she's not seen them. And I was thinking yeah, of, of subjecting her to them. Mm-hmm. Two, three, and four? Would, yeah. Would you do that? Hmm. Well, why, why is one skipped? Well, two, three, and four have a continual plot oh. through them. So I forgot. They're kind of, they're kind of sequels. <laughs> okay. And they also have, they have, you know, there's also a continuity in terms of the production design and things like that, right? Yeah. Yep. Uniforms and... Yeah, they, they they just lead into each other directly, and the other ones you you can, they're they're more standalone. Yeah, I mean, I would not subject her to one. Oh, nobody should ever watch that unless they grew up with it. Yeah, I think you know I have not revisited those films for for many many years, and so I can't say you know I I think that that two would probably hold up really well. Oh, two um, is fun. And um, three and four, I I would think also, but I, I think it's, I it's worth a shot. Yeah, yeah, I was just curious if you'd seen them recently with anybody who was new to them. I think two would hold up. Two, two yeah, I'm not worried about two so much. Uh, the last time I saw Star Trek four, uh, you know, parts of it are very charming and funny, and we. We remember it nostalgically, but some of it is pretty bad. <laughs> there, there are things that I think there are things that fall flat in it. And if I'm going to nitpick, it's something that always bugs me. And most people probably don't care, but whatever. the The score for Star Trek Four really, really irks me. Yeah. I, I I find it uh, over the over the top in a bad way that the other ones are not. And it's a different composer than oh, yeah. two and three. James Horner did two and three and his, his are kind of similar. It's typical James mm -hmm. Horner, but 
a guy named Leonard Rosenman did number four, and it's kind of this, it's a, almost an old Hollywood-esque style with lots of brass in it. You know, there's tubas, boom, 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 you know, here's the whale, boom, boom, you know, things mm. like that. And, and it, it's just, it really bugs me, and if I find it distracting in a movie like that. <laughs> but, but but really, anyway. though, if you, if you think about it, some of these shows, if you didn't grow up with them, or uh, I don't know. Oh, I know, I, and I never liked the score for that movie, so I, I maybe that's just my bias anyway, and some people might like it. I, I would also comment, I think he also wrote the score for uh, Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings film. Oh. oh. There's a fun, Even the fun song. Fact. The Great. Oh, that's not the same one. That's from, that's from The Hobbit. That's oh, Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass. Never totally mind. different. Bass. Rest. Oh, that rest. Was, rest. Come rest. on. Rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-rest-
Yeah. Black Knight 2000? Um, no, fantasy, like, you know, RPG No, I'm style saying games. pinball. I'm um, saying pinball. I don't know for sure. I'll have to check oh, when it Oh, you got to get a Black arrives. Knight. Yeah. Oh, that was the ultimate. And, and, of course, before I bought any of these these games besides the pinball simulator, I, I had to do some research. Is like, is there an easy <laughs> mode? <laughs> <laughs> some some of these some of these games the modern console games are are so complex and the combat is so mm-hmm. twitchy and everything you really have to have fast reflexes to even get through them. I don't know how many buttons are on the. Co- the, See, the that current, was a thing. The new controllers have a shit ton of buttons. Oh, I I can't get behind that. That's yeah, terrifying yeah, to me. Is. I don't know what the fear of buttons on a joystick is, but it's not to be confused with the fear of buttons on clothing, which is. Compoundophobia. It is, yeah. So that that's why I researched and these these things. The games I did buy have basically one of them. People. One of them is like easy story only mode. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you don't have to do much to stay alive, and you can get through the whole game if you want to see all the stuff in it. Oh, okay. Well, I don't have the attention span I used to have for video games. I, I uh, I've tried to replay some of the old games. Oh, well, some of them has, are like like the old. You remember in in college, we used to to waste entire twelve hour cycles overnight playing Mega Man Two. Yeah, and some of these other ones. And boy, I I you know Mega Man Two is really fucking hard. Now, <laughs> my my brothers and I would. You know, trade off, but I was oh 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 okay. It's the penguin guy. You go or whatever. I yeah, and know. they're unforgiving. Like yeah. like you have to start the whole thing over again if you if you you lose or do if you hit it exactly wrong the wrong way. I just don't. I just can't uh, do that anymore. Well, that that's why the modern games have a lot more uh, support. You you can play them in easy mode and you can save them all the time and stuff like that. So I figure. Um, for an old person, it, they're going to be a lot easier. <laughs> and, and quite, quite frankly, video games, you know, look pretty amazing now. There's a lot of cool stuff on them, so I kind of want to explore a little bit of that at least. Well, I think enough. I think many of us are going through real life things that don't have an easy mode, and and if you want a diversion, I think that you know. No, they're they're a good escape, just, and I, I I wanted to yeah. do that without without trying to get into a, a you know an online style game where you play with other people because long term I'm not going to be doing this really this is kind of a a blip it's I a probably new you know I'll I'll get back to having a, things to do outside of my home <laughs> eventually so. mm. no so, I think you need to get one of those my Twitch thought. channels get get a Twitch channel and and have a video of you yeah, playing video games yeah I'll get a headset games. and I will It'll be the old person playing video games on easy mode channel. I I have a funny feeling that the kids would dig that. I think I think that would be pretty funny. Yeah, and then I can I can drink scotch <laughs> while I'm playing and... <laughs> and and teach teach the kids about scotch. <laughs> Mutter this things is from about the uh, like non gel filtered. <laughs> I don't know. You might be onto something. I could make I could retire making money on that. You can make dozens of dollars, I'm sure. Exactly. Of course, I haven't touched it yet either. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's I sad. can't. Technically, I have more free time, but I'm, I'm really distracted. You know, yeah. I, it's not like I'm watching the news all the time because I don't. But uh, uh, well, I just I, I can I, <laughs> even under the best of circumstances, I'm not good at focusing. But 
even to, I, I I pick up a book and I'm like, uh, you know, I just ugh, I just can't. Uh, I don't even know if I could play a video game right now. I'm all over the place. I'm going crazy, man. I, I feel know, the you, same you way. Should, you should you you should download Civ Five and give it a try, though. Mm. Maybe it's low stress enough. Maybe you could just you know get into it. I looked at that on Steam, and uh, it's not five dollars. What oh, are you talking? It's, it's thirty dollars. It's thirty. Oh, wait for it. They'll they'll put it on sale. Wait for a sale. Civ Civ Five, Civ 5. is thirty dollars. They well, have a Civ Five Warlords for five dollars, but I think that's just a well. They sell all these to... add-ons. Um, yeah, look, look for a sale on, on the, the the basic version of the game because they've added all these expansions to it. Oh, it's, it's too much. Oh, it's not that much money. No, I meant uh, all these expansions. I I think I I paid sixty dollars for it when it came out, and <laughs> it, it puts a little running total on the Steam. You know, app that tells you how long, how many hours you've spent playing it, and boy, <laughs> that is a fucking bargain. <laughs> I don't want to say how many hours that is. It's pretty bad. In my youth, when I would start a game of Civ, you know, nine o'clock, and then I would see the sun coming up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, be, and I, you know, I of course that could never happen now, but yeah, youth is wasted on the young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's well, I am also I, I am longing for something that uh, I can immerse myself in that'll make me forget. I like to immerse myself in Jello, you know, like yeah. some some ser- you know series or or something that, and I haven't found it. But I, I can't. I'm not there. Rob, Rob no. have you uh, have you caught up with the Expanse yet? No. Um, you might and, might try that. Yeah, and I think that's something you know. I think that's something that I feel like there's um, – I've been really struggling with Westworld right now because oh. I, 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 got, I got a feeling that they're doing a lost. Like they don't oh, really know no. what they're doing. Yeah, I get a feeling about it. I know. I have um, really mixed feelings about that show. And I'm, I'm only, you know, like halfway through season two, so I, I don't know. I know they probably pull it together, but it just is really irking me and it's making me, you know, doubt – they know what they're doing. Let, let me know no. when you get done with season two. I'm curious what you think. Um, I watched the pilot. I, I think episode. it gets better, but yeah. Season one really didn't make a lot of sense until near the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, then the, the thing that I hated about that show, or I haven't watched season three yet, but is that I went back and rewatched some of the early, like first few episodes. And there was all this stuff that was right there. Once I knew what was going on. Sure. The thing that I I really don't like that kind of writing, that they withhold so much from the audience, that it, it just feels like they're 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 just tricking you constantly. No, well, that's what yeah the show is, isn't it? Well, I I just don't. It, but but it makes watch, watching the show really unrewarding unless you go back and like sure. oh see how they did all the tricks because yeah. oh there's the oh this timeline was here at that point and all the you know you know what I'm talking about Rob but. That 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 kind of on one hand was fascinating to see, but on the other hand, bothered me too. When I was younger, I could all the different timelines of different things. I I I don't know. I could keep track of things better. Well, <laughs> there's nothing to, in this show. There's nothing to keep track of because they don't. Oh. there's no way to know unless you already understand oh. this the the setup. They they don't give you any clues that that these things are happening at different times. 
Now, it's it, that's one of those shows that I I think I need to watch, but I haven't yet. I've watched it's, it. I, I mean, some of it's very good. That's why I'm frustrated because parts of it I really like too, <laughs> and the cast is is really good, and that. So I, I just, um, yeah. Well, it's kind of like what are you going to invest your time in right now? Is, mm-hmm. And I, you know, to be honest, I've I've just been sitting around the living room. <laughs> not not the whole not every, all day, but when I'm not telecommuting and uh, hanging out with my wife and a, a kid or two, not usually both in the same time, maybe a cat, but uh, I'll go for some walks, time, yeah. you know, I'll go for a walk and and uh, I don't know. I, I just wonder if, if if this is putting different things in perspective. But then I also wonder, like the presidential campaign, you know, we were talking about that. That was so. Uh, that was all in all of our minds, and uh, oh, Biden versus Bernie, and all this stuff, and you don't hear anything about that anymore. I, is is I, I don't think Sanders is Sanders is Saunders, not Carol not Saunders, Carol, yeah. not Carol Saunders. She dropped out of the race. No, Bernie uh, is still in the race technically. I yeah, but I don't know why. But but whatever. But Phil, I Phil, I would say before we leave the show topic thing real quick yeah. if you're gonna check out any of those things i would actually watch watchmen before you watch westworld um, oh, I, I, just, I think i, I think it's better and it, it's a lot less of a time commitment and i think it's a much more satisfying show okay i do have a huge um nostalgic connection to the movie westworld but i know that's not the same thing I, I'm actually also reading a book about the film director, Frank Capra. In case you're wondering, Frank Capra did not direct Westworld. Which mm. has been really interesting. It's kind of a... <laughs> it basically makes him sound like a a, a real mess. <laughs> so Capra seems like... The way that I see him now is... And this is not based on careful study or anything. Is that he's somebody who sort of... Who started off as a good guy... And kind of went bad. Is that is that too I, harsh? I, th- I, th- I think that um... bad and how? Well, that he he started off as a basically as somebody who is a new dealer who you know is really you know all about the common person you know common standards. And then he sort of late late in in life he became kind of a crotchety conservative. Yeah, uh, I think Russell. One of the things, and I haven't finished the book yet, but I've made it through the the parts where it, uh, the biographer goes into his upbringing. And the th- the angle on this book is that it's it's a biography of Capra's life, but it's also a comparison to Capra's autobiography, mm-hmm. which um, <laughs> is known to have lots of fabrications in it. Um, he, oh, mine wrote will. It, he wrote it in the 1970s or something like that. And, uh, you know, the thing that I would say, the short version is, is that um, Capra, who was an immigrant family, Italian, Italian immigrant family, grew up, came, came up from nothing and did a lot of great things. I mean, I'm, I don't want to completely uh, dismiss him, no. but, but uh, no. he, the, the thing that I find interesting is how he, um, his movies about the underclass or, or poor people or people struggling and all that stuff that Rob mentioned um, has some really interesting psychology in his own upbringing that 
very much uh, I, I, it comes from a, a resentment of them because of how he grew up and his family oh. and other things like that. He has a lot of psychological baggage to do with his parents and his and, and his <laughs> his upbringing that have these weird subtexts in his movies. Some of it, I think, it depends on how you want to read his movies too, because the, there I know there are ways you can read. Uh, movies like Mr. Smith and uh, You Can't Take It With You and some of these other ones that are, are you know, generally considered fairly populist in, in that, that there's almost a contempt for poor people in them. And the ultimate one, of course, is uh, lo probably Lost Horizon, which is kind of a fascinating movie politically in its own way. But <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I think that uh, he, he, he's a really complicated character and... He he, embellished and said and did things that were a lot of to do with his own uh, conflicts and family family issues and stuff like that. No, it's interesting, and I I'm not basing that on what what I said. I'm not basing on his movies really because I sort of don't know of what he did after you know the 40s, um, and so that was kind of the end. He kept. He probably kept working, but um, it. Uh, yeah, it's the popular streak in him. But I think later on in life, and that it sort of follows the trajectory of a lot of immigrant, you know, communities where they they started off as being part of the the New Deal coalition. You know, the Ir Irish immigrants, Italian immigrants, and then once they became prosperous and they moved out to to Long Island or New yeah. Jersey or whatever, they became Republicans, right? And and so there was, was a whole other batch of immigrants that uh, were trying to take their jobs. Well, I, I think yeah. I, with, with Capra, I, I get at least from this author's uh, writing, I, I get I come away with it thinking that in a way, Capra was always a Republican. Mm. <laughs> just just that you know, it was under the surface somewhere, but but there's clues and the, the way huh. that yeah, he, he just he, he deeply resented his roots. Hmm. And was always well, like, you know, I'm better than these have, people are. <laughs> I never got that impression, though. I, okay, I I don't know how many movies of his I've ever watched, but but uh, so did he kind of go from a nostalgic kind of bent to something else, or what? He was always that way, but it was just more buried. Um, I think it was definitely more buried. Um, huh. A lot of his movies have the immigrants or poor people are. In one way, sympathetic, but also, um, you know, they have to be redeemed kind of by uh, other forces or rich people or whatever, things like that. And as yeah, far as his... Good luck with you, that. Yeah, you, you know, it, it's kind of kind of a classic <laughs> makeup. Like, like it's it's the way that uh, there's a lot of somewhat racist filmmaking where there's the, um, you know, like blacks would exist in movies to help out white people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and the magic Negro is the, <laughs> the, 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 the one that always comes up as a, yeah. And then like there's, that. and then more recently there's the white savior. Like exactly. In, yeah. Um, yeah. In hidden figures where Kevin Costner is the, yep. the hero who, you know, you can use the white restroom, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank the, you. The, that agency. <laughs> and or it's, well, you know what? It's it's interesting because with It's a Wonderful Life, you know, I mean, obviously Potter is is the the plutocratic villain, you know. I mean, he's he's a great villain because he's he has his own worldview, you know. He's like 
well, you know, if people don't work, they, you know, it's like, and um, it's a great, like, it's a great, the speech that he gives about how people, you know, yeah. and um, so he's, but he's obviously the villain, right? At the same time, you have this really, George Bailey is a really conflicted character. Like he, I, when I was watching the, the film as a kid, I always thought, I always identified with his yearning to go somewhere and do and have adventures and do exciting things and not be stuck Bedford Falls. And so I think there's like, maybe there's part of Capra is also conflicted that way, you know, I, I think like, that's exactly right. And like, okay. So, you know, he, and, and George Bailey does sort of have a resentment for the people that in some ways have held him back. And that, that's a theme in the movie. And I, th I think if you, if you take Potter as a character outside of like Lionel Barrymore's performance, for example, mm -hmm. and if you just read it as the text, he actually is a lot more sympathetic because what he says is, is sometimes right. <laughs> and, and there's, there's this really fu funny article I read years ago from a reviewer that said that I always thought it would be fascinating to see it's a wonderful life retold from Mr. Potter's point of view. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I, and, and some, some of the, the, the stuff in that movie I think is very interesting from the fact that George Bailey, it, when, when he isn't there, it becomes this weird film, almost film noirish kind of world <laughs> that his hometown just descends into utter darkness. And <laughs> well, they have a jazz. Yeah. Yeah. George it, it, Bailey, it, it, if you'd never lived, there would be jazz, be jazz and, yeah, and the script clubs and <laughs> It, yeah, I'm. I you know again that that movie has so much interesting baggage with it. But. Well, okay. Mm. So I'm gonna. I know. I know. I don't know about you all, but I'm guessing it was similar. But when I was growing up in a small town, a large, a large town or a small city, whatever. But I, I just couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. Is there any connection to that with what you're talking about with this movie, perhaps? <laughs> yeah i mean i i, 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 I i'm I, hearing I, some of that i've never seen the movie but i'm hearing some of that from what you're saying i i'm getting i'm i'm connecting to what you're saying even though i haven't seen the movie but but now even looking back though as you get older you know we have a nostalgic kind of connection to some aspects of it and uh it, it's a weird dichotomy i i uh incongruity but Maybe he was conflicted. I don't know the guy. I, I liked his movie in the seventies where he had his uh, he had a younger girlfriend that was naked all the time. And the oh, that I'm sorry, that was Orson Welles. Never mind. Which which Orson Welles movie? Oh, you're, you're talking about Other Side oh. of the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the wind episode. Mm, mm -hmm. We were talking about wind before. Uh, there's a lot of synchronicity going on in this episode that we don't know of. Oh, in an alternate timeline, we're not talking about whiskey or Frank Capra. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you, Phil, you were you were talking about raspberry beret or <laughs> strawberry parfait or whatever it was. No, strawberry oh. sorbet. Yeah, I, one of the things that I, I that all that song always reminds me of when I hear it now is um, long long time ago, uh, I was visiting Rob, and. He go on, and he he. I, I think it was was it maybe in Chicago when he was in school, 
Yeah. And he he and some of his uh, law school friends, I think, were playing in a band covering that song, and Rob played the violin part. Oh, wow. You remember that? This is correct. I, and then one of my friends said, your brother, he looks like you except with a bigger head. <laughs> I do have a bigger <laughs> head. And I said, yeah, that's, I guess that's true. That's very <laughs> profound. Have you heard of the pinhead bubblehead theory? <laughs> no, do nobody, tell. Well, okay, what? here's the theory. Nobody has a normal-sized head. Everybody's either a pinhead <laughs> or a bubblehead. So, like, for example, I'm a pinhead and John is a bubblehead. Oh, and we will swallow, but they don't fall down. I used to be a pinhead, but I'm a bubblehead now. I think my head's gotten too big for hats. I have to go to a. I I would have to go to an actual haberdashery, I think, to get a hat that would fit this uh, my large uh, brain. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Brain Not that pinheads brain. Are, can't be smart. I don't mean that, but is that related to pencil necks? Pencil neck yeah. geeks. <laughs> Anyway, that I, I that was a awkward way of of introducing that story, but that was the log yeah, of Ulan right. talking. Oh, I, I I wish I could hear a recording of that somehow. Yes, yeah, that was should have recorded that was, it. That was pre YouTube. Yeah, you would have to get the old camera on your shoulder and yeah, <laughs> the old Betamax. <laughs> do you ever, so, do you ever watch um, like music documentaries or you know? I was watching one about Joe Strummer of the Clash. Oh. And and I just kept thinking, how the hell did how the hell was somebody videoing all of this stuff? Like how I'm just amazed that there was somebody around during all this all these moments when capturing. And obviously Joe Strummer was around, so um, he probably had a lot of people with, around him with cameras a lot. But it's still amazing to me, given the technology, that somebody was actually recording this moment. I don't know if that does that ever like. It's remarkable, yeah, yeah, that that there's as much as there is. Um, no. there, there's a um, a documentary coming out soon-ish. I forget when. Uh, surrounding the Beatles, let it be. Mm-hmm. The, you know, there was a movie, and like there was a camera crew that like followed them around and stuff. And yeah. isn't Peter doesn't Peter Jackson have something to yeah, do? with yes, that? Yes, that's the Peter Jackson thing. Yep. Oh my god! That, that's supposedly going to have uh, King all, Kong. all this stuff and. Yeah, he, he makes he's kind of gotten into non non CGI. Well, actually, his last thing was all CGI. It was the World War One feature. You know, they shall not grow old, mm. which I I've gotten a copy of, but I haven't watched yet. But it's supposed to be really good. World War One became a big thing for a while there. <laughs> and next time Phil comes over for movies, we're gonna watch It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you have to watch that, Phil. I want to. I want to watch the uh, the Potter version called "It's a Life." <laughs> and Rob, I don't know if you knew this, but um, "It's a Wonderful Life" was originally um, put together not as flashbacks. It was just told. It was told. In, yes, it what? was. And it, so it, there was no, no frame at all. No, like, the, yeah, it was. So it was done just straight, straight linear. And Clarence just shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It. Mm. it, it what the hell? The time and and um, it it previewed really badly, and they had to go back and re rejigger the whole thing. Can you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Rejigger? Yeah, of course. Like a jig, jigger of a scotch. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't, I've read a lot about this movie, obviously, because it's it was an important one for us growing up, and 
it it, it it's an interesting movie. It was not originally a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It uh, it did not do well in its original release. And it, it what happened was it fell into the public domain, and TV channels started running it in the seventies, right. I think, around and, Christmas. And then it got really popular. <laughs> And what happened it was, was that, on every year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they, they because it was free for a while. They could oh. run it whatever they wanted to, mm. and it got popular. And then finally, somebody did some some th- figured out with copyright law that like the the short story or whatever it was based on originally was still under copyright, and they managed to <laughs> <laughs> go, like, to lock it, it down. Yeah, it, wow. there's lots of lots of weird things that happen with these things. But yeah, yeah uh, that's a movie that had a weird. It, it, uh, kind of backstory, and I think it was one of the last things Capra made that was at all successful. What did he do? What did he do after that? I don't even know. He had a couple of movies that didn't do well, and but I can't name one of them off the top of my head. That was one of them. Off the top of my head, off it the had top uh, of my right. head. Yeah, he. he it, I mean, he spent World War II kind of coordinating the um, propaganda films. Oh, he was busy. With the government, so along with uh, Mickey Mouse and Mickey Mouse, yeah, Goofy, Daffy Duck, we want to kill those chaps. <laughs> All right, that was that was in poor taste. Okay, here's a song. <laughs> I don't know. This was a. I started out at the Orson Welles uh, I'm phase. There. I'm, so that, I'm almost there. That and I still, I still have to go grill something. Paul in the Sun has a <laughs> Why is the camera facing there? Fine. You haven't even eaten yet? No. What? You haven't even eaten yet. That's 39. I know it's late. I, yeah. Nine. I weird Nine. Nine, mon fier. You gotta well. go out there and kill some krauts. There you go. That's better. <laughs> Well, I wanna go put some krauts on my brats. That's that sounds like stoner goofy John Wayne. I'll tell you, partner. <laughs> Bell groom. I like it. Get off your ass. If you're looking for a podcast to listen to, <laughs> time to leave. This Here's one. Song. <laughs> That's a good one. There, there's a really good one uh, that that completely goes into great detail about the movie Song of the South. Oh, okay. Um, it's really, really interesting. I yeah, I'd highly recommend it. That's like one episode of the podcast series, which you've mentioned before. What's it called again? It's called, I guess uh, must remember this. Oh, there you go. Um, it's it's not. It's actually six episodes. Yeah. Um, devoted to that film. Wait, there's six. They have six podcast episodes devoted to Song of the South. They they do a a, um, a subject per season wait so, so there's a whole season on song of the south yes do they have a song every time no they don't do a song well there already are songs it's the truth it is factual actual everything is everything is satisfactual everything is sexual i gotta go out there and kill those careful <laughs> And we've come full circle to my comment about ringing doorbells. Oh, no. No, we have not. We have not <laughs> gone there. I've um, seen a doorbell. There. My wife is looking at me like I'm completely 
completely gone. I, I have can? to I have to make a recommendation since we're doing that. Please. I listened to the audiobook of David Byrne his book uh, How Music Works. Mm-hmm. I've heard of this, and yes. Wow. It's fantastic. Okay. You really need to read it or listen to it. It's amazing. I'm uh, writing it down. What was it called again? It's called How Music Works. I don't by know. David Byrne. And I'll remember when we do the editing. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, he's he's cool. Yeah. I feel like I learned so much from that book. But not even just about music. Yeah, it's not even I mean, he talks about the talking heads, but he goes into the history of recording and his his whole his whole thesis is that the recording technology and the the venues where music is performed really sh- just determine what music is like. So he's like you it it completely shapes the music that much more than we realize. So well, he yeah. talks he about was, lots. Yeah. He was all a CBGB cool. guy. Right? Yeah, he talks about CBGB a lot and like how that <laughs> I I could see that. Yeah, about how that the way that they the talking heads developed had a lot to do with the 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 layout and the, you know, the acoustics of CBGBs and then he talks about a, a lot of other musical, you know, genres and things like that too. So it's okay. pretty impressive. Cool. Oh, I've I I'll definitely check that out. Okay, fine. Thanks, Rob. All right, thanks, guys. Now Rob's joined the two-timer club. I'm a two-timer. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Don't forget to kill those. I want, I want that to be the narrator somehow. It's Axis. <laughs> Evil Axis. Just record a bunch of that kind of stuff, and I'll put it in as the narrator. You do okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Oh, Mickey. Here's the song. Reincarnation Would I come back again We could still be together Two birds of a feather Hey, it's a life We can't leave the house There's nowhere to go Our car's in the driveway the snow I don't care as long as I have you all our memories patched together with crazy glue and hey it's alive our kids have school online and they can't see their friends who can tell exactly If it does, but maybe it will just go on and on. Maybe we're all a verse in some endless song. And hey, it's alive. If I could go back in time or jump to another timeline, I might just perhaps. If you'd be there with me There's so much to see If we aren't stuck in a rut If I'm not an asshole You're not a pain in the butt You're 
dice nada. Yeah.